Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're joined by myself, Clive, and once again, as you'll have heard last week, Ricky had some heart complications which resulted in him being in hospital. You are listening to this now a week and change later, so Ricky has recovered by now, I imagine it's just we're recording two parts tonight. And he was unable to be here, so he needs time off to recover. He's in good spirits, he's still cracking jokes, still treating me like shite privately, which he usually does. Um, so he's doing well, but keep that, keep the hashtag sympathy for Ricky going, get that hashtag going. But I'm saved once again by another member of Chairshot Radio, specifically the Badlands podcast and a host of Why We Watch on Visionaries Network, which also has his other podcast, uh, Five Rounds. Yeah, Five Rounds. <laughs> um, making his fourth, I want to say fourth, or third, or fourth. I've been on this show more times than Ricky has. <laughs> oh, uh, considering recent events, that's disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> And I was actually going to come on and, and make a joke about him uh, missing the episodes because he had explosive diarrhea, but seems in a bit of poor taste right now. Uh, get well soon, Ricky. Uh, in, in in all honesty, you're a great guy, and I, I, I hope you recover quickly, mate. Yes, hopefully by the time this drops all as well, because we are hoping to record the quiz final. Um, time is looming. Christmas is upon us and people want some quiz action, so let's hope he's doing well. That's all that I want him. That's all I want Ricky healthy for, just to. And then, the then after that, he can keel over. <laughs> oh, I'm on fire today already. Started yep. hot. <laughs> yep. Um, so, if you listened last week, we did a retrospective of the first half of 2019. This week I'm joined by, I've not actually said your name yet for new listeners, Darren Kirkby, a.k.a. Uh, motivated and Confident on Twitter. Uh, welcome back, Darren. Hello, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and you're going to join me for July to December or now with regards to all that has happened in the wrestling world. And you told me off air that you have done 
hours upon hours of research for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right. I am coming into this bland, uh, just using my wrestling memory, which as a demented old chap is is as it goes far as back as like yesterday. <laughs> so this might be a either a quick podcast episode or a lot of me saying, "Don't you remember that? Don't you remember that?" <laughs> And a lot of me like being the old chaps shouting at clouds. <laughs> oh, we had a lot of people shouting at clouds on the, the old Twitter machine this last six six months. Um, but we'll get to that. <laughs> what a segue. You're like a pro. <laughs> I, I, I try. Uh, it's just natural, really. But it's not. But I'm rambling because I'm trying to find the right Google Docs page. But I found <laughs> it now. So, July... We have um, the sort of the debate, it wasn't much of a debate really, of the differences in quality with regards to the title reigns of Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins. Um, also was the beginning of the, I think it was the beginning of the Firefly Funhouses from Bray Wyatt. Wow, that went all the way back to you, I think so because... The Fiend debuted at SummerSlam, so it might have actually been earlier than July, but mm-hmm. SummerSlam was when The Fiend debuted, so it must have been July that that all started, because it went on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Was that one of your favourite parts of the... I know you don't watch sort of Raw and SmackDown religiously, but YouTube clips and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, uh, I said I remember saying at the time that uh, it was something that, that was really refreshing for... For, for WWE, that kind of like character work by Bray Wyatt. Um, yeah, I, I remember it uh, quite vividly, really. Like I said, I'm not a massive watcher of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, the, it's just I don't have the time to, to sit down and watch three hours of Raw. So I do watch like I listen to podcasts like your guys or and I'll... Um, I'll find out what I'll, I'll, I'm interested in, and that was one of the things. That and the 24-7 title was the two like, big highlights for me around that time. Uh-huh. I, we had a good chat about the 24-7 title and the, the roll-ups on the golf courses and all that stuff. That was And it was a great use of social media as well, just mm-hmm. top-notch stuff. But I think, knowing that you are quite a fan of New Japan, July was pretty much dominated by the, the G1 29 this year. Yep. It certainly was. Was this... How many G1s have you seen? Uh, this will be my... Well, it was my third G1. Um, and I think it was the best. And me and Paul did a, a Badlands episode on it, uh, specifically like the uh, the matches that people were looking forward to and then we did like a follow-up uh, at, at the end of the tournament were, of the matches that, that really stood out to us. Uh, yeah, this, the standard was absolutely amazing. Uh, the G1s that I've watched before, there's always been high-quality wrestlers like the New Japan base, but they've always had like a couple of filler guys who, uh, who were there just to make up numbers and, and both Paul and I felt that this year the, it was all killer and there was no filler matches there. Um mm. When uh, uh, I was doing research for a recent episode of Badlands, uh, I went through like all the star ratings, and there was only one day out of the whole tournament where there wasn't at least a four-star match on on the card. I mean, I know we're going off Dave Meltzer's uh, uh-huh. very skewed ratings, but 
he he is a good like yardstick to 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 go against to see whether a match is good or not. Uh, yeah, and, and it was just a, a great great uh, tournament to watch. Um, we had the likes of John Moxley who, who was in it. And he got his first ever five star match whilst being in that tournament. Uh, we had Jay White who got his first ever five star match, and then we had Akada and Will Ospreay who both picked up five plus star matches multiple times. So yeah, it was just a a, a re- it's. I just love tournament wrestling, and I think that New Japan, wow. New Japan are, are the the best at it. Yeah, even though Moxley had debuted at um, Double or Nothing a month or two beforehand. The G1 climax was the sort of coming out party for well, I know John Moxley did happen before and CCW and all that stuff, but this was July was a huge deal for Moxley making a name for himself out with WWE, especially with the sort of I didn't catch any, but from what I've heard from many sources that he had just brutal match after brutal match and really stood out. Yeah, uh, you could tell that. He he was passionate about wrestling and the the, the WWE like kind of system and the the way that the the storylines were 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 booked there. It kind of like ground him down and he had this like freedom. I mean, he actually made his his uh, debut in New Japan. He ended up winning the US title on his debut match mm-hmm. and before he before he ended up going to AEW. But yeah, you could see he, he had that like fire in him again and. Having that this creative freedom to to run with this Moxley character, uh, which from look watching his earlier stuff is is still quite different to how he was back then. I mean, he was like almost like a punk rocker kind of character with like different coloured hair, uh, very like hardcore kind of like almost Jimmy Havoc style wrestler. Where now I think he's 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 got a better balance. He's, uh, he's still he's still got the the, the hardcore style, but he's also now got a, a more technical style of wrestling in there as well. Uh-huh. So I think we're seeing the the very best of of John Moxley right now. He's hulked up as well, mm. which has sort of helped bring those sort of more brutal matches because that was a good comparison with Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. But he's he's got the the brute and the strength to go with that now. Yeah, I agree. But that came. I'm not sure if it was in July or August. But did he not get another? Uh, staff infection at that time as well. Yeah, I think it was just after he made his debut at Double or Nothing because they they had to like hold back in 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 wrestling. Uh, I think it was going to be on the was it the Fighter Fest pay per view uh, or was it Fight for the Fallen? It might have been Fight for the Fallen. He ended up not being able to fight, and I think we got did we get Omega versus Janella from that instead, uh, which was a shame, uh, but. I think he's he's all the better for it now. Um, Obviously, it's looking like he's going to be challenging for the AEW title uh, in the near future. So we're we're going to get John Moxley at the top of the card, I think, in AEW. And and it'll be interesting to see where he fits in in New Japan as well. Has, Has he returned at all to New Japan? Um, not really. He dropped the title back to uh, Juice uh, Robinson not long after uh, the the G1. Uh, he had like a little uh, bromance with uh, Paul Tolley's uh, wrestling crush. <laughs> oh, yeah, that uh, was disgust. <laughs> shorter Amino. Um, but yeah, there's not been a lot of word about him coming back uh, to New Japan uh, and especially with their biggest like, event of the year coming up in Wrestle Kingdom. 
it'd be it looked weird for him to not be on that card knowing the impact he's made in New Japan since uh-huh. signing with him. I know, because you would think he's got unfinished... Well, it doesn't exactly have unfinished business with Juice Robinson, but it does feel as if there's unfinished business there. He'll want that US title back. Yeah, and I think he's good enough to push to to go to like the even the Intercontinental or, or heavyweight uh, title scene. He's, he's got that much wrestling quality about him it's just it, it'll be where his loyalties lie whether he wants to like be the big uh-huh. star in AEW or whether he wants to be like the kind of the Chris Jericho where he's floating between both See, the thing with um, Moxley like in the G1 Dynamite wasn't a thing then mm-hmm. they didn't have the weekly shows in the G1 I don't know what the rest of the schedule's like for New Japan if it's as intensive but he won't be able to do a a G1 tournament again if, no, he's, I, if he's on Dynamite I would highly highly doubt it I mean there were also the issue of uh, the opening night of G1 he was uh, he wasn't able to to wrestle because he had a, a non-compete clause with AEW that he couldn't wrestle for another company in, in the US so there is that kind of thing uh, going on there uh, right now it, it's kind of easy for him to to not be in New Japan because they're doing the the World Tag League, so a lot of focus is on tag wrestling. So uh-huh. him not being there is not a big issue. But coming into like beginning of January, we'll we'll kind of see where the land lies. If he's not on the Wrestle Kingdom card, I think his his days in New Japan might be over. Probably has there been a US title match announced for Wrestle Kingdom? I know quite a few matches have already. Not that I'm aware of. I don't think that there has. Right. Uh, it's been quite the quite the few months for Mr. Moxley, definitely. Mm-hmm. He's been at the talking point since basically February, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, since, the... since uh, he announced that he was leaving, uh, which he did over social media, and then obviously he did the podcast where he dropped the, the bombshells and then he uh, he had that video created where he, it was his like coming out kind of video so yeah he's uh, he's doing well to keep himself like in in the minds of wrestling fans especially when he hasn't been wrestling and like uh-huh. I said he, he had that staff infection and now he's, he's probably one of the hottest wrestlers in, in the western hemisphere so yeah uh, good on him I mean I'm, I'm kind of the same mindset of Paul I didn't really he wasn't one of my favourites when he was Dean Ambrose, but now as John Moxley, I kind of can see his character coming out and I kind of gravitate towards that more because you know that he's enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. I may have reservations with regards to all this constant berating of like, oh, how he was held back and stuff like that, but... He's doing if he's doing what he wants to do, then I can't hold that hold that against him. Yeah, I mean when he when he came out and um, and did the podcast, I did a a, a special episode with uh, with Ray Cash about like how we felt he he come across. And to be fair, after that, I don't think he said a lot more. He he obviously came out and did the Talk is Jericho podcast and then the Wade Keller podcast. Um, and I think it was just a case of getting, like, getting it off his chest and then he's moved on. Uh, whereas, obviously, we see that other members of AEW kind of are keeping that that like, war mentality going. If you're looking at the likes of Cody Rhodes, who just can't seem to, to let things go. 
Oh, yes, we'll, uh, we will touch on that eventually, <laughs> very soon. The I can't really think of much else for sort of July time. Obviously, we're gearing up towards um, NXT TakeOver Toronto, as well as SummerSlam. So I think the sort of big talking points with that was... See, right now, I can't really think much of what happened at SummerSlam, <laughs> which you'd think I should have for this whole podcast, but... We also had, it wasn't just those two, we had an NXT UK takeover as well that, that month. Uh, Walter and Tyler Bate put on a match of the year candidate, another fantastic uh, tag team title match as well. And Cesaro came down for a wee, for a wee match, had a thoroughly stole the weekend as well there. So that was, I, I still think I preferred Blackpool, but it was another great night for NXT UK. Yeah, uh, I agree. And uh, the match that Cesaro had was, uh, was it with Dragunov? Mm-hmm. I want to say it was with Dragunov. Yeah, it were, we, everybody knew that Cesaro was coming. He'd, he'd already announced it. Uh, but yeah, that were a great match. And, and Walter is just, he's just Walter is an absolute beast. Uh, and it was that, that kind of like David and Goliath kind of match. Uh, Tyler Bate just looked absolutely amazing. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting to see where NXT UK, which was kind of in its like its own little bubble at that time, and now the the it's good to see like some of the talent like spreading the wings and coming across to like the the US brand. I mean, we've seen Walter um, even on on Survivor Series, which is right. amazing to say like when he signed with NXT. The, the, the talks were that he only signed with NXT UK because he wanted to stay close to Germany and he would never go to America and he just wasn't interested. And it's kind of like softened on that now and we've seen him a lot more in, in the black and gold brand over uh, at Full Sail and now obviously on the main roster. So, yeah, uh, it's good to see NXT UK stars making that that like jump across. Uh-huh. Yep, Rhea Ripley as well. She's been quite... Wow, what a revelation she has been. What an absolute revelation that girl's been. It's, it's, it seems as if it's within... Obviously, she was on NXT just before it went live, but the last few weeks have been unbelievable. Mm. At the time of recording, she's got a match with Dakota Kai on NXT tonight. Um, so there's that ongoing story. But Rhea play within a very short space of time, has become like... White hot babyface material on NXT. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and not even just on NXT though. Even on like the main roster. I mean, we've obviously been been over here. We've seen a lot of her on NXT UK, and then we we've seen the the, the transition to NXT uh, the US version, and then coming onto the main roster, and she's just absolutely took that ball and ran with it, and it's it's so good to watch. And the girl's only what twenty three year old. She's got. She's got decades to go, and she she could easily be the the next Becky Lynch for me. Uh huh. See, that's a few times over the last couple of years where we've heard people say they're only twenty two, they're only twenty three. Uh, Rhea Ripley, um, Velveteen Dream, Tyler Bate. These guys have got at least another decade of peak wrestling and character work mm-hmm. ahead of them. That's that's frightening. Yeah, and and the the good thing from a, a WWE standpoint is that 
it's 10 years of the WWE system. They're not bringing in someone who's had to, who's learned like a decade of, of a, an indie style of wrestling. They're coming That's in right. and they're learning the WWE uh, uh, way of wrestling and the way of promoting from a, from a young age. Uh-huh. So they, these are, are probably going to be WWE laughers. They're going to be there for, for the duration because they're in the system from day one almost. And with the platform now that NXT have of being just this TV mainstay, there's not such a want for from wrestlers to say, oh, I must make it to the main roster. I must get to on SmackDown. There's a chance for these people to become real sort of big stars on NXT itself now, not just tucked away on the network. Because we all, I know you're a fan of NXT as well, and we all wax lyrical about it, and we have done for years, but with and I try. I, I don't care about mass exposure, but if there is going to be this growing audience, there's going to be a lot of a lot of fresh faces and names that some um, casuals are going to look to and say, "Do you know what? I associate with them more than I do the likes of Mustafa Ali or Shorty G and all that stuff." This, luckily, they're kept away from the nonsense that goes on with random name changes and stuff like that. Yeah, and and I think it's testament to to that fact. Uh, recent comments from the likes of Tommaso Ciampa, who said he would rather retire than than go to Raw SmackDown because he he loves the way that NXT is and he loves that that kind of style, and he would rather be a producer for mm-hmm. NXT than a wrestler on Raw SmackDown. And then obviously we've had uh, we've had uh, Johnny Gargano who's saying he's NXT for life and he never wants to to leave there. So this this. There is a massive camaraderie there with NXT, and my only concern would be if it gets to a point where it's big enough that Vince gets his his like mitts into it and and kind of like main roster fires the the show. <laughs> That's a horrible verb. <laughs> well, hopefully his mitts are too busy with XFL over the next couple of years for him to bother with NXT. Hopefully so. I mean, I I wasn't a massive fan of the XFL the first time around, uh, but I, I am wanting it to be a success this time, just so Vince kind of like steps away from WWE and and lets like some some new blood like take the reins and and see what Triple H and and Shawn Michaels and William Regal can do with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you you might want XFL to. Revive. I want. Do you remember Slam Ball? No, I've not. What's the book Slam Ball? It was on. I think it was on Trouble TV years ago, and it was basketball, but they had trampolines. No, I've never seen that. Kind of oh. like gladiators. Uh, <laughs> when you say it like that, um, kind of. <laughs> but Slam Ball was excellent. Um, check it out. Check it out on YouTube. The we have kind of glossed over SummerSlam and NXT UK, eh, sorry, NXT, but since we're talking about NXT, um, July onwards, has Gargano has been hit with injuries, and I think there were rumours that he had been carrying injuries over the last year or so anyway, but Adam Cole... Undisputed Era in general have done very well for themselves, but Adam Cole has come into his own on... I think so many wrestlers have benefited greatly from this two-hour live format that they've got. Mm-hmm. And I, but at the same time, it doesn't feel as if NXT has changed too much. 
The adverts kill me. This um, I don't. I I watch it illegally. I'm not going to lie. In the the corner, having the wrestling in the corner where you've got adverts for yogurt and um, sriracha flavored almonds. Like, come on! <laughs> I think that's a, an American way um, of of doing programming. It's it it is weird to watch. And, and from what I've heard, that was a big sticking point with uh, the the TV deal that AEW finally got in the UK was the fact that in America they have like 16 minutes of adverts per hour, where over in Britain I think where it's it's like law that they're only allowed 12, so that was kind of like a massive sticking point. Uh, but yeah, the way they get around it is by shrinking the actual wrestling down to to a tiny box and. I think the AEW adverts are some of the worst adverts known to man. There's one for insurance where a lot of people come out of a cornfield and it's very Children of the Corn-esque. Yeah, it's weird. Americans are weird. Are you sure that's not a promo vignette for the... The Dark uh... Order. (laughs) Yeah, it could well be. (laughs) Join us. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this new format of NXT. Adverts aside, it's just been a lot of the matches have been takeover quality. You have breakout like the women. I thought leading up to the two hour change, it seemed to be stifled because they had Shayna. Shayna's been the champion for a long time, and I get you're having this dominant heel who nobody can defeat, but it was coming to a point where not even the ones who are quote-unquote deserving of a shot are getting it, like the likes of Candice LeRae. But all those, I mean, you could argue that those all the women available are being used regularly now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my one of my big concerns about going to two hours was, is it going to take away the essence of what NXT was like as a show? And I think it's enhanced it, to be fair. And yep. I think um, the AEW has to take some kind of credit for that because uh-huh. if it wasn't for the pressure of AEW on on like the the horizon, I don't think NXT would have it would have made it to TV eventually. I just don't think it would have been as quickly as it as it as it was, um, and I don't think that it would have stayed in the same kind of format that it has. But obviously, uh, AEW has, has kind of forced the WWE's hand and. And I think it's worked absolutely perfectly. I mean, I enjoy both programs. I enjoy both NXT and AEW. But look, objectively, I think that AEW, uh, NXT has been the better show for the majority of the weeks. And it's and it's because it's been great wrestling and also great storytelling. Um, but the 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 one big difference between that and AEW is that. I don't have to go out and research the 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 talent on on NXT because the commentators give me the stories. They give me the the backstory of, of each wrestler. Uh-huh. Whereas AEW, I don't feel that the the team over there, like uh, Jim Ross, uh, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone, are, are doing that enough. And you take, for example, Rio. Amazing talent, but what do we know about her? We know absolutely nothing, and we're uh-huh. having to go out and and find the information ourselves. Where I don't think a weekly program should be like that. I think it's up to the commentators and the team to to let you know what we, why you should like this wrestler, why you should be supporting her, and maybe it'll come with with um, experience and um, and. and 
maybe it will get better. I'm hoping it, it, it does. But for me, that's one one big sticking point for, for AEW. But all in all, this Wednesday night war, I mean, I watch him on Thursday, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, yeah, it's been great for wrestling. Absolutely superb mm-hmm. for wrestling. I can't really comment on the quality of AEW. If I'm not... Um, being a dick, I just don't watch. Well, probably I'm being a dick in general, but I just don't watch AEW, so I can't comment on that side of things. But from NXT, you are, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said it's enhanced. It just with the tapings that they had when it was like they taped what three or four episodes, there were moments of sort of heightened intensity and urgency, but it was just well paced and things trundled along nicely. Now, everything is, like it feels as if it's a thousand miles an hour every week. Uh, there's a real sense of urgency and you're, you are right, there's, when it comes to that, I have to see this match, I have to see this promo. I don't want to miss a second of it. Probably some of that comes from the quote-unquote counter-programming. Um, but I think NXT has come on leaps and bounds. My favourite, Dijak, has been getting a lot of TV time Keith Lee has become a big star as well. Um, Matt Riddle, Killian Dane, Pete Dunn's over there now, Damien Priest. There's so many of these mid-carders that weren't really getting a shake because of things being dominated by Champ and Gargano and Cole at the top. But now this, you've got this real solid mid-card and all of the mid-carders look really hungry to get to that next step. And I've I've sort of honed, not honed, but I've come to realise that one of the things that I really enjoy about wrestling and something I like is there's a real urgency and hunger that comes from it, and it just that I feed off that hunger myself, and mm-hmm. it's just it's and I think it's been brilliant the last few weeks, top notch. Yeah, and and that kind of like harkens back to the attitude era where we got the best programming because there was a competitive spirit when when there was no western uh, competition for WWE they floundered and they, that's why a lot of the fans uh, went away and now that AEW are, uh, are here we we're seeing that like I said that hunger that uh, passion that drive to want to be a better show and to and wrestlers to want to be the champion um yeah it, it's it's it is so good to watch and i think one thing that is is not being spoke about enough is the fact that they've integrated these two or five wrestlers into NXT as well. Yes, that was actually a point I was going to bring up. I think it's good and bad, and it depends what you you want to look at it. Out of the last, I don't know, two or three months, there's been two weeks, 205 Live has not actually aired. Mm-hmm. One of them was the Fox debut understandable and the other one was when there was a big massive brawl to end Smackdown before Survivor Series so from a sort of aesthetics thing you've got a brawl with over 15 people at ringside and then you're going to have a match with the Singh brothers versus some enhancement talent nobody's going to care about that (laughs) so but I just think there was a week as well where 205 was at full sale but it just felt like a highlight show and the cruiserweights, the cruiserweights have done very well on NXT. Leo Rush has been a, a revelation as a champion, a fighting and champion. And oh, that, that was amazing that match. And and uh, Angel Garza, wow, uh, those guys have, have 
have been they've they've been the best wrestling that NXT's had on. Mm-hmm. Uh, about fifty shades better than his cousin as well, Mister Garza as well. In my <laughs> opinion, I've seen enough Humberto Carrillo matches to. I love Humberto Carrillo. I think he's awesome. You just love his dimples, don't you? <laughs> That's yeah. He's got some cute ass dimples. No, I, uh, we've always uh, said that we thought that two or five would do better down at, at Full Sail with NXT, um, and it hasn't. It hasn't happened how how we expected it to, especially when when the the kind of semi announcement that it was that they were shifting it to NXT was going to happen. Uh, maybe it's a case of logistics, and it's a. a it's just like going to be a, a like a a slow uh, turn to to get two or five to to full sale. Uh, what I would like is I'd like for there to be the the two or five uh, live hour to be filmed either before or the main recording of NXT. So it is still its own separate show. I don't know if we're going to get that now, especially with it with the Cruiserweight title being now called the NXT Cruiserweight uh-huh. title. I think they're going to just be integrated in, and I think we're going to probably see the the death knell for 205 yeah. as its own brand, uh, which is a shame, really, because I've said whilst it wasn't the most watched show, it was, it was the best pure wrestling show that WWE put out, and... It did have a, it did have its its own little fan base, and it, it's yeah. it's a shame that some of those guys are not going to be utilised as much as they are That's in true. in uh, two or five because they got their own hour. Uh, if you're bringing them into NXT, they're only going to be taking up fifteen to twenty minutes of a two hour show, which yeah, it's 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 not good for that for that talent. But would well, the would the show have survived otherwise? I know. So while I think the conclusion we can come to is while 205 Live is suffering, the cruiserweight division is not, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. they're all getting good airtime. Um, as far as I'm aware, only Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher are the original 205ers that are still within 205. I think uh, Rance was telling us the other day that Brian Kendrick has taken time off. It just seems like Jack Gallagher's left, but he's still getting matches on NXT as well. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of the people that are on NXT, uh, 205, sorry, your Raul, Raul Mendoza, uh, Isaiah Scott, Angel Garza, got Davari floating about as well, actually. But they're still getting quite a lot. It's that sort of top of the hour segment on mm-hmm. the two hour NXTs so they're still getting plenty of exposure and as much as I love Gulak and Buddy Murphy and that Leo Rush has been fantastic as yeah. a cruiserweight champ yeah I mean I didn't particularly like the way he, he almost left WWE under a cloud with the Bobby Lashley stuff I felt he was he sounded a little bit entitled but in in ring wow the guy's absolutely amazing uh how someone of that four foot nothing can do the moves that he does is is unreal. <laughs> uh, Maybe in a WLC two match <laughs> at some point. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you choke on your tea there. <laughs> um, so from that side of things, NXT's the sort of uh, September onwards. NXT's been fantastic. Uh, you were t- talking about AEW there. 
what has basically dominated the last few months and most of this year, especially since Double or Nothing came out in May and John Moxley's um, expose podcast, the AEW versus WWE uh, quote-unquote war on social media has just exploded and it makes for just uh, tiring reading. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I can't be asked with it. I'm, I'm hardly on Twitter anymore. I'll go on now and again, uh, plug some shows, plug some other people's shows and have a wee bit of a laugh. But every time I go on, there's talk about ratings, there's talk about um, demos, there's talk about bias and stuff. It's like hardly anyone's talking about the stories. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I like sometimes poking the bear a little bit. Um, oh, so do, so do I. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. Uh, it's I just find it interesting to watch how normally sensible human beings can get so worked up about a particular brand that they just seem like absolute children sometimes. I mean, <laughs> so some of the arguments I've I've seen, and uh, one one thing I've been saying quite a lot recently is. Um, is about the ratings. I personally couldn't give a toss about ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if one, sh- I mean, if you look at like the like for us, the likes of EastEnders and Coronation Street, who who cares which one is watched the most? So uh-huh. why would any why would anybody care which wrestling you watch, uh, which is uh, being watched the most? If you need the a figure of ratings as validation of which product is the best, then you're doing wrestling watching wrong. You, you, as a fan, yeah. should not even be the remotest bit interested in, in ratings. Unless you are a part owner of the company, unless you are part of the TV station, or unless you are a sponsor of that company, ratings and demographics should not mean anything to you. And it's only been used as like as bait in this silly war that Twitter has got going on. And, and if you take a, a little bit of a step back and just appreciate the fact that we've got some of the best wrestling in decades uh-huh. and, and you're arguing about whether NXT got more viewers in the 50 to 65 demographic and AEW got uh, a drop off of 26%. Who the fuck cares? It's amazing <laughs> wrestling. Yep. I don't need, uh, I don't need to know that for instance, Finn Balor's shock heel turn was good because Joe the plumber watched it. As well, yeah, exactly. The only rating that matters is mine. Yeah, and that's all. Uh-huh. So fuck you, wrestling Twitter. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you know? And there's, I think I'd, I can't remember if I actually said this in a recent episode. I'd, I've not really got time to add AEW to my wrestling week. I was doing a first time watch back of Lucha Underground and uh, I'd started the NWA Power I've kind of fallen away for that, I've just not got the time plus this whole Cornette thing going on and then I see that the fucking Rock and Roll Express are the tag team champions I'm like, oh my god man this is not for me um, but there's only so many hours of wrestling I can watch mm-hmm. on top of being a husband, a father um, a, a desk jockey type thing so that's one of the reasons that I don't watch AEW but and the wrestling fans 
the AEW fans versus WWE fans taking pot shots at each other is one thing, but when you've got AEW personnel and uh, board of directors, whatever you want to call them, taking pot shots, it's like, why, why are you doing that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, uh, I agree. Today there was a, a video that went out with the, a new Dynamite advert and it had uh, Dynamite crushes NXT. Like, who, why? Why you do you, that advert told me literally nothing about why I should watch AEW because mm-hmm. it just shows people wrestling, which I see on NXT, and it makes me it puts the name NXT into my mind. And remember how that worked for a certain uh, Eric Bischoff led company back in the day. Yeah, and and it, it it's goes to the same point I was I was uh, making earlier. If you're having to use whether you be NXT as a way to say your product's better, then you're doing it wrong. You're absolutely doing it wrong. You should be. You've got objectively one of the best rosters in wrestling today. You've got some of the most talented wrestlers. You should be focusing on them. Mm-hmm. The the competition should should not be. Uh, in your eyes, whatsoever you don't, you don't get Vauxhall and Ford saying, "Oh, the the latest Mondeo is way better than than the the latest Astra." It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's just not how it works, and it's 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 getting monotonous now for me. I mean, we all know that Cody left uh, the WWE under a bit of a, a dark cloud, and he had this chip on his shoulder, and. The first few weeks, you can forgive um, kind of that he took these pot shots. I mean, the 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 throne thing was a bit stupid, um, but it just seems like it's never ending. I mean, they have the show uh, AW Dark, um, absolutely brilliant wrestling. But every week, he'll have a, a segment called uh, Undeniable. Un, uh, is it unreliable to undeniable or something like that? And it's always to have a pop at. Like people who've left WWE or uh, who never got a chance at WWE, and it's like you've you've got this amazing product. Focus on that. You don't uh-huh. always have to have WWE in your mouth all the time, and that's that takes away from the product for me. It's actually wasting time as well. Mm-hmm. And I I understand. I know where people come from when they're they're left dejected uh, with WWE, and there's this um, sort of a abusive ex-partner relationship that people have with them. But for me, there are certain things that bother me about WWE. That's the sort of part-timers and the older, older people getting time over others. I want to see the future happen, and sometimes it feels as if that doesn't happen. But see the other stuff? I can I can take, uh, I can take Baron Corbin dressing up as a, a mascot no problem. That doesn't bother me. But people are so insulted by it, and it's, it's. But what I mean is that stuff's fine with me. Sometimes it makes me laugh. You've got Cody, Jericho, uh, the Bucks, and all these guys um, saying that's not how we do it here. Unlike in, uh, in that other company, stop attacking my fandom, and I might be interested in what you have to say. Yes. Yeah, uh... Yeah, that's a good point. And I think another thing that uh, people, especially on wrestling Twitter, need to realise is whilst you might be like, nonplussed about WWE, they're not aiming the main roster at 
wrestling Twitter fans. That's 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 what NXT and two hundred five lava for. Uh, the the main roster and uh, WWE product is aimed at kids, and it's aimed at kids' parents, and it's aimed at selling merchandise. The wrestling is a secondary thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when when you see wrestling Twitter get all that, it's knickers up in a bunch over like what's happening on the main roster. It's not really for you, you're a secondary income to them. They're after just churning in like the conveyor belt of new fans and new fans and and it it if you don't enjoy it, go and watch whatever other product that you do enjoy. And if you're creating a product, focus on that and uh-huh. and 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 promote your own product rather than shitting on someone else's product. It's 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 baffling how um it's 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 baffling how they think that that's like a, a tactic that's going to work because it didn't work for uh, WCW. It didn't work for Impact. It's uh-huh. it, it's not going to work for AEW, and we're kind of seeing that uh, now with uh, with the ratings drops. Now it can be explained as a blip, I suppose, but. If you're always focusing on the competition and you're not really getting your own storylines over, people are going to change the channel because you're reminding them that there's something else to watch. Uh huh. It's just, I just find it unnecessary, and there's nothing, there's nothing that makes me think, oh, from that advert that I won't already get in NXT and I already like NXT. Mm-hmm. It seems to be that NXT is the focus now for the, the sort of tribes. The pot shots that the guys are taking online. It's like, listen, case in point was when Jericho was talking about we the people being bad creative. So that's the only thing that got Jack Swagger over. And is not really over in AEW, to be fair. <laughs> is it not? No, I. Uh... If if he wasn't uh, aligned with Chris Jericho, he's he's got no character. He's a uh, the only thing that they're selling him on is is the fact that he's a an an unbeaten MMA star. And I've I watch MMA and I know he's not that good at it. Uh, his last fight, he he should have lost. He should have actually got disqualified because he needs his opponent in the bollocks three times. Uh, <laughs> Well, Jack Gallagher's an unbeaten MMA fighter. I think he's a little bit smaller than uh, than Jake Hager. I don't think they'd go in the same weight class. Well, that's a shame because I know he's built like a like a very small, slight man. But I would uh, I would run away from Jack Gallagher in a fight. I think he'd headbutt the head clean off me. Yeah, especially wearing especially with that mustache and, and wearing those like knee length socks. Oh Jesus! <laughs> what an odd character. Definitely, what a pale character. He's almost invisible. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Um, Seamus was on Corey Graves' podcast today, and he was talking about um, how he opened. You know, you get wrestlers saying, "I opened the doors for wrestlers like myself to make it big," and he's talking about pale ginger people making <laughs> as a well. I won't say that we are a, an oppressed race, but <laughs> we do we do get some hate. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, there's not a lot of pale ginger people apart from Gallagher and Seamus who've made it big in WB. To be fair, that's true. 
<laughs> well, the man, I suppose. The man's but uh, ginger's like bottled ginger. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the old uh, Iron Brew that I've got here. <laughs> so, obviously, this um, episode has begun to be dominated by NXT versus AEW chat, and that has mainly been the case. And it's a shame that we've not got Ricky on to go into a lot more detail with AEW because I know he has been watching it. I've just not got much to add with regards to how they're doing at the moment. All I see are gifts and retweets of videos and some of the times they include heavily botched referee spots or Cody and Jericho having a strange hug in the ring that was supposed to be a scoop slam but at the same time they're saying we're what gets me is the constant AEW is better than WWE when there are still mistakes going on and it's just glossed over or explained away it's like listen okay you're a new company and you're learning but if you're going to keep telling me that you're better than WWE, you better come out the gate perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's still definitely in that honeymoon stage with a lot of fans where I've I've said it many times that if WWE did the same thing that AEW had done, the same kind of mistakes, did get rid of the calls. Uh, we we see that with the likes of the Hell in a Cell. Uh, everybody absolutely went mental about the the booking of that and the lighting and. And if that had happened in AW, it would have kind of like been, like I said, glossed over. It would have, it would have been given a pass. Um, I think it's going to take a good six months to a year for that kind of like bias to die down uh, before we start like seeing AW in in its kind of its like its original light, if you would, uh, where people are, are willing to to kind of like critique it uh, more fairly. I think. Uh-huh. Um, Plus, you've also got to remember that it's it's being run by a bunch of what what we call indie darlings. So the fans there will will lap up a lot of what the likes of the book Cody and Kenny Maker will throw at them. Yeah. Uh, but time will tell uh, whether they can keep the storylines going. I mean, Cody said that the the stories they've already like wrote a year in advance. Uh, now we'll will. I think the acid test is coming up with the fact that they've been beaten in the reins and there's all this talk about uh, about the wheels coming off the show, whether he will stay the course and, and whether they'll they'll carry on with the, the storylines they've got in planned or whether they'll be reactionary. And if they are reactionary, then they're no different to WWE. Absolutely no different. Yep. I mean, they're... <laughs> Their big mantra was uh, when they when they did the like, press conference for for All In was they're going to change the wrestling universe. And whilst the product has been really good to watch, there's nothing there that I, I haven't seen before in my time as a wrestling fan. There's nothing yep. that that is changing the wrestling landscape. I mean, even stuff like the rankings, we've seen that before. Uh, and even even with with the likes of that, it's almost like. They they're doing a WWE style um, booking with it because uh, it come out that these rankings will be important and only the people who were at the top of the rankings will get title matches. And then a few weeks later, it was yeah, but then the quality of the wins will affect the rankings and stuff like that. And it's like, come on, it, it's reactionary booking just like the WWE doing. So you can't slate one company for doing it and then you're doing exactly the same kind of thing. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it's just it's become tiring. Twitter has become very tiring, and I, as you say, I hope this uh, honeymoon period ends quickly because it's just I try I try my best to just I try not to give an opinion on AEW publicly <laughs> because I don't think it would be fair because I've not exposed I don't watch it, but I'm exposed to it so much and it's in my face so much. And I just see the same things happen in WWE that I'm thinking, what is really what is the big deal about this? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like I said, I I like poking the bear, but I also like to be objective with the stuff I say on wrestling Twitter. And I've got into arguments over my views on AEW versus NXT, and I've got into arguments with people who I'm I'm friendly with on Twitter about it. and I won't change my stance if I if some I think is bullshit. I'll call it out as bullshit. Uh, and whether that's NXT, whether that's AEW, whether that's main roster WWE, I'll mm-hmm. a spades a spade a spades to me. Oh, I have I have uh, fallen out with quite a lot of the main roster stuff that's been going on. The Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio stuff. The, <laughs> what do you call it? Rusev, Lana. A few other things that I'm just this has taken up too much of my too much of time on the TV and I'm just uh, I'm just going to focus all my focus on NXT and the other uh, sort of network exclusive stuff that'll keep me going just now. I'll check I'll always check out a pay per view, but I'm happy. Just, that's the thing. There are alternatives within WWE that people did like until recently, um, but if you're going to if you don't like it, voice it, but hold the mirror up to your own opinion yep uh and i think that's how with the way i i consume uh wwe product i think i found a balance that absolutely works for me i'll i'll hear other people's opinions and and then i'll go and check out what i think sounds interesting rather than sit through a three-hour slog of a show or a two-hour slog of a show at stupid o'clock in the morning i'll <laughs> i'll find what's what's interesting and i i find myself being a better more more interested WWE fan by doing it that way. I think because I'm cutting out the 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 guff, um I'm kinda like a, I'm I'm more positive about the the product I'm watching because I'll watch the, the pay per views and I have it's been a long, long while since I've I've objectively seen a bad WWE pay per view. Um and I'll, like I said, I'll catch the, the bits of the main shows that I'm interested in, and then I'll watch NXT and NXT UK absolutely every week. So, yeah, I'm I'm a happy WWE slash AEW slash independent wrestling fan, the way I kind of watch my wrestling. Yep, and that's the way it should be. The You'd mentioned a minute ago about Hell in a Cell and the outrage from that, and one of the public enemies of me. Probably public enemy number one for the last few months of 2019 has been a certain Seth Rollins, who has become a. a I've heard him referred to as a geek on Twitter, and <laughs> <laughs> um, because he defends a company that pays him lots of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how how fickle are wrestling fans though? It was only. Six months ago, seven months ago, we were clamouring for him to be the the number one guy. We were clamouring for him to be the the person who beat Brock Lesnar and how quickly we as a wrestling community turn on what we wanted. And I think that speaks to 
a lot that uh, that Rance says uh, quite often that wrestling fans don't know what they want because as soon as they get it, they want something else. Um, so, yeah, he said some stupid things. I think the old like, battle he had with Will Ospreay was daft. Um, but like I said, he's defending the, the company that pays him a lot of money, the company that, that's made him a, a big star. And why is he not allowed to do that, but other people are, are allowed to do it? It's, uh-huh. it's it's weird. Uh, yeah, you suppose you could say he he is boring, but I think he hasn't been helped by by the booking. Uh, I think they booked themselves. I think they booked themselves into a massive corner with uh, pushing the the fiend so quickly into the title picture. I think that that uh, whether it was Vince's call. Uh, he he saw something that was obviously like appealing to fans and just ran with it like he he tends to do like short term booking, uh, and there was only going to have to be one outcome there. The fiend had to look strong coming out of that, so obviously he would then be the champion. But uh-huh. yeah, it's 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 just I think it's the the issues with Seth, Seth Rollins is a testament of how fickle wrestling fans can be. That when we get what we want we realised that we didn't actually want it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that um, match with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam was personally one of the matches of the year. I thought that was fantastic. It had all your your storytelling, your long-term booking, which I like to poke fun at with people. But there is, you could explain away a four-year story with that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just Seth beat Brock clean, and a, a long match, just very satisfying in many ways. And then I think it was, was it the next pay-per-view? Oh, it was AJ. Who was it that was next, actually? It was The Fiend, wasn't it? Uh, was it? Braun was Strowman. It yeah, I thought it was Braun. Braun Strowman and then The Fiend and people have just turned on him. And you're right, his, things he has said on Twitter are a bit questionable. But you know it's easy to just sort of swipe up and forget about it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, who doesn't say something stupid on Twitter? Uh, I do it daily <laughs> when, I, when I log in. It's just bizarre. But he's, um, I think he's had, had it a bit harsh recently. And I think, I don't know if this was in the works the whole time, but with the lead-up to Survivor Series, which... I said earlier that I've not been watching a lot of the main roster. I'm, I feel disappointed in myself because we've had all this NXT invasion stuff and I imagine that was some exciting TV. But I, I missed a lot of it. Uh, the actual night itself and the weekend I thought was excellent. But this heel turn that we're starting to see from Rollins, is that reactionary? Or was this in the works the whole time? No, I think it was definitely reactionary. I think uh, Rollins was taking on the Roman Reigns role in Vince's ass until Roman was uh, was comfortable and well enough to to be back as WWE's number one guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think even even someone as as kind of like close minded as Vince had to see the backlash that that Seth was getting, uh, and he's is is slowly starting to turn into heel Seth Rollins, which 
I think it's probably good for his character. I don't think he works that well as a as a, a face. To be fair, I don't think he, I don't think he's the, the 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 face of WWE in that kind of way. I think he's a better as a heel. I mean, look how good he was when the Shield were were together. Oh, wow. uh, so yeah, I think we're going to see that Roman take up his mantle as uh, the the actual face of WWE. Pretty soon, obviously, we've got Becky Lynch in that role, but she seems to kind of be like cooling off a little bit recently. Um, yeah, and I think that it was reactionary, but I think it's probably the best thing for Seth's, Seth's character right now. You might, if you're getting enough vitriol and hate on Twitter, lean into it and 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 yeah. make TV from it. I suppose that's what they had to do with Ronda Rousey as well mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in uh, March, April time. Yeah, agreed. And you'd mentioned Roman Reigns. I think he's he's had a... We touched on it with Paul in the first part of this 2019 thing. It looks like he's just enjoying himself when he's he's got a new lease of life, quite literally. And so you're seeing him have what I thought was some good fun, just... It was like popcorn TV, but this whole whodunit thing with Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, that was a great couple of months. I really enjoyed that stuff. <laughs> with Eric Ruins doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think uh I've never been the massive Roman Reigns fan. I've always like enjoyed his work, but he's never like been for me, he's never been like the best wrestler known to man. Um mm. but I think with obviously he had his health scare uh and he's come back and and because he's not had that that focus of him being the the guy, the the man of his being his yard. I think there's been a lot of pressure off his shoulders, and and you can tell that that pressure must have been weighing down on him a little bit because he's enjoying himself, and you can see that he's enjoying himself. Uh-huh. All all this storyline now with uh, with Baron Corbin, you can see he's enjoying himself, and I think it's going to be interesting to see when he does. Like take up the 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 role as the face of WWE. Whether this fat this fan like love for him stick, sticks around, or whether it goes back to being we hate Roman kind of like. Well, I think vitriol. I, I sometimes I ask myself if that's why I'm enjoying what's happened with him since he came back. He's away from the title picture. He's been in a lot of mid card showcase still, but mid card feuds. Well, I feel the same once he's put back into the title picture, and I have to be honest and ask myself that. But um, I just need to wait and see. But I think I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Nevertheless, the sort of matches, the sort of many pushes for Buddy Murphy, who I've been a big fan of since two o five. He made Keith Lee look like a mega star in the Survivor Series match. It's just, I think. Where Roman Reigns is just now is really good for him personally as well as professionally. But uh, tune in the night, the Wednesday after the Royal Rumble, where I'm probably going to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think he's. He'll be. He'll be like into the title picture as soon as the Royal Rumble. I think it's going to be mania. I would have said, um, but. Is he going to be the one who defeats the fiend? That'll be the, the interesting call. Now, will that that will that get the fans on his back again? Because 
obviously everybody or a lot of people love the fiend and if it's like seen as Romans beat the fiend are the fans going to turn on him again? I think this booking the fiend to be so strong while an interesting idea on paper that's going to cause a lot of problems. I think it caused problems with the Hell in a Cell match. Um, didn't do many favours for Daniel Bryan. I think it's Survivor Series. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I just, if he's going to be kicking out of ladder shots to the head, how are people going to react if he's selling a, a Superman punch, which isn't exactly the most impactful move in the first place? Exactly. I, I was speaking with uh, Tom Collihue recently about it, and I think how I'd like the thing to go is that he loses matches because of his of his inner conflict. I mean, we've we've got the hurt versus heel gloves. He talks into like each hand and stuff like that. And I'd like to see the the like the good like inside the fiend kind of like cost him some matches. Maybe even cost him the title where he's his biggest opponent is like facing himself kind of thing. Uh huh. That would be quite interesting, and I I'm all for having stories given to me. From that side of things, so definitely, I'd like to. I would just like. I just think it's a, a bit stale already, and that shouldn't be the case after only being the champ for a month. I just feel as if it's. It strikes me of the only difference between the Fiend and Bray, Bray Wyatt is that the Fiend's winning matches because Bray Wyatt would attack wrestlers. He would instigate the fight, and the the, the feud would last a couple of months, and then they'd lose more often than not. And this time the fiend does to get in the fight. The feud lasts a couple of months, but he still walks away at the winner. Mm-hmm. There's, I just don't think there's much character development there. I know the fiend is a radical change, and I get it. And you've got your beautiful new fiend belt that you can get <laughs> from WWE shop for a squillion quid. <laughs> it's horrific, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's. Uh... Did you see that picture of Paige on it? On the belt. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, see the see the page here. That right page here. Uh huh. Well, it's that face on the the fiend belt. And the... oh, I'm gonna look for that. Oh, that won the internet for me today. That'll be a new Twitter uh, picture for me then. Yep. But, uh, the fiend is associated with that blue belt, which is oh, don't like that one. Uh, and now this fiend one, it's like oh. I mean, I, I saw a picture a, a while ago of of a, like a custom made belt that was made for the for the fiend. That uh-huh. looked amazing. That looked absolutely amazing with all the embossed leather. Uh, yep. I don't know why they didn't go with that one. I mean, Daniel yeah, Bryan got his wooden belt, so that would have <laughs> been a that would have been a better belt, I think. I think that was what he kept for himself when he won mm. twenty seventeen. Yeah, but. Uh, it's Christmas, as you said earlier. The main roster's geared towards the kids. Christmas is coming. Coming. You've got all those new fancy belts. Well, fancies. Um, maybe not the word for it. I don't know. I like. Uh, I mean, I'm a massive fan of the the old school intercontinental belt. That's my favourite belt ever, and nothing will change my mind on that. But I do like the new design of the the intercontinental belt, and. Uh, and I've also heard rumblings that WWE is sitting on uh, new designs for the tag team belts, which cannot come oh. quick enough for me because yeah, they're horrible. I, 
I can't stand them. They look like pennies. They look like pennies, and it's horrific. Uh, but yeah, it, it's all merchandise, and it, and it does. It goes back to what I said. It, the 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 rest of the secondary. It's all about seeing how much money they can squeeze out of people. Yep. And it's a and business at the end of the day. Yeah. See, the only thing that annoys me about the IC title, to me personally, it's so it's so gorgeous that that should be a world title. Mm-hmm. Um. The, my one like little niggle with it is I I felt it needed a little bit of colour. Yeah, aye. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's a, it is a. I thought I'd hate it when I heard the rumours that they were they were bringing out a title. Well, like, no. Why have all the titles changed the Intercontinental title? That's the best one, and I didn't hate it at the beginning. And then when I got a, a better look at it, I thought, yeah, that's a a nice title. But I do I do get what you you mean. It it. It's probably now the best title looking title in uh-huh. main main roster WWE anyway. I think the women's tag titles are really nice as well. Yeah, uh, um, they're not my favourite. Uh, if I would, I'd say the NXT UK tag titles are better. The, my favourites are actually the Progress tag titles. Yeah, they're they're not too bad. I, I've uh, just ordered for for a Christmas present a replica of the US uh, IWGP title right. and the the AEW title, so I'm a bit biased towards them at the minute. That's fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think what else really big happened this year. Obviously, there was um, some wrestlers beheaded and taken hostage and stuff a few <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> what a... What a what was that incident? I mean, even now you still can't get the the full story. Was the plane uh, having malfunctions or were they being held hostage? Did Vince McMahon have a straight stand-up fight with Prince Mohammed bin Sal- Salim or whatever, Salman, wow. whatever it's called? Um, yeah, what a, what an absolute much ado about nothing that were. See what it boils down to. Uh, speaking to Carol from... Outsider's Edge, and it said, see if there was a real hostage situation, that would be worldwide coverage mm-hmm. and governmental uh, intervention. Yeah, and what really like boiled my piss about it was <laughs> the amount of the amount of like hate that Vince McMahon got for for flying out. Now that guy has a chartered plane. He he owns a plane, and he's got uh, in certain in certain people's contracts. They've got uh, verbiage written in that they will travel on that plane, and that's what he did. He does that from shore to shore to shore. So he was only doing what he does every other time. He didn't know that the the plane was going to malfunction. He obviously is going to fly off to to SmackDown. He had a show to do the next day. Um, so yeah, it's just Twitter. Twitter wrestling fans just wanted to find something to hate on, and yeah. the Saudi government giving it to them on a platter, I suppose. I think that was the perfect thing that fans who want to shit on WWE, they just grabbed it and ran with it. And then two days or three days later, they announced a, an extension of the deal, and they, they're putting on three shows there a year. So uh-huh. I, I don't think there was a... Um, a lot of truth to the rumours that there were issues with the with the Saudi government. I don't think WWE would have would have gone into a even deeper like contract with them if if that were the case. Exactly. So, how long have we been going on for? 
because I'm conscious forever. We're both being busy gentlemen tonight, so I don't want to keep you for too much longer. But um, I will. I'll hit you with a couple of things, uh, and you can give us a. This is this is uh, basically stealing from the Why We Watch segment, where I'll, I'll say some words. <laughs> I'll throw at you some whack words from the wacky world of professional wrestling. Yep. You just give me your the first thing that comes to mind. Right, so I think you said recently in one of your Why We Watches that you hadn't watched NWA yet, but your take on NWA and the recent uh, controversies? Um, I, I still haven't had the time uh, to watch uh, any of the the, the product. I, I, I regret not doing now because I think it's kind of now a dead in the water. Um, obviously, we, are, we know that Jim Cornett is a, a a divisive person at the best of times, but some of the comments that he's, he's said, I mean, it's hard to defend the guy for, for the way he said and, and the fact that he came out and, and was trying to play it off as if he didn't know what he was talking about. Come on, mate, you're that 60-year-old. You know exactly what you were doing. Um, and then, obviously, they had to let him go. But what, what concerned me the most was this got through production, and this show was recorded like months in advance. So how did that even get onto the the show that was aired on YouTube? And then I think the nail in the coffin for NWA for me is that this week uh, the rumours are that they they gave like Jim Cornette a thank you for for, uh, not, for what he's done. I've not watched the video, but I saw that's what happened, and I thought, wow, that's um... that's kind of rubbing salt in the wounds there. I mean, they've announced Stu Bennett as as the the new commentator, so I like Stu Bennett. I think yeah. if if anything's going to attract me to go and watch it, it, it will be him. But it's 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 literally just finding the time, and I just haven't got that time for it. I'm kind of like, like you said earlier, there's just too much wrestling to watch, and I've got so many other commitments that, Unfortunately, even though it's an, an only an hour, it's it's finding that spare hour to be able to to watch it. Uh, maybe over the Christmas period, I might try and binge a few episodes, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I've I've not seen the last few weeks, and to see that, uh, oh, Rock and Roll Express, uh, I, I I just can't I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe they're tag team champions again, and though. I, that. That's that's reactionary booking because they had that uh, big pop on AEW, and then they put the titles on them because uh-huh. because they were the hot thing, I suppose. Yeah, it's weird. Wrestling is weird. It's weird. <laughs> so my next one is um, CM Punk. Technically, kind of affiliated with WWE again. Well, first things first. The wanker blocked me on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Finally, someone else that agrees with me that he's a wanker. Yeah, but I've never, I've never said anything. And I know people who get blocked say this and as like defence. But I cannot remember for the life of me ever saying anything or being involved in any conversation on Twitter about CM Punk. So why he's blocked me, I shall never know. Um, now, being objective, he works for WWE. This, this, <laughs> it, it, it's. You can you can paint it as you want. He works for Fox, but the fact is, if he had such a 
uh, hatred for WWE, he would not even remotely entertain the idea of of critiquing WWE product on a on a company that is massively affiliated with WWE. The fact is that is an olive branch for for CM Punk to come back uh, into the WWE fold. I think he still wants a WrestleMania main event, and I think this is the first steps to him getting it. I don't know if it'll be this year, maybe um, maybe like WrestleMania 37 perhaps, but this is leading to him wrestling again for WWE. Fact. Yes, and I can, I can wait for it. <laughs> so the last one, and this is something that actually broke within the last couple of days, uh, I can never get his name right. It's either Jim or John or Johnny Morrison. Not the dead the rock star. The, the parkour wrestler from Lucha Underground is coming back to WWE. I'm very excited because I feel as if when I tuned out of wrestling in 2009, I missed a lot of his singles work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw some of him in Lucha Underground and I thought he was fantastic. So that'll be... I know you didn't watch much WWE then either, but you got any any opinion on him coming back? Yeah, uh, do you know what? Good on him. Absolutely good on him. He uh, he went away from WWE, uh, made a name for himself. I mean, taking on the the last names of of each company he worked for. I think where he's was he Johnny Lucha in Lucha Underground. Then he was Johnny Impact. Uh, good on him. Absolutely good on him. Come and come back to WWE. Make that money. Uh, he probably feels like he has unfinished business. I think he he is looking at maybe at least a run f- with one of the top titles in there. Um, make your money whilst you can. Why not? Yeah. Why not come back? I mean, we've seen how it worked for the Hardy Boys when they came back. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether his uh, missus follows him, uh, uh, Taya Valkyrie. Uh, I think she'd be a better suited for a character uh, on NXT rather than main roster. Yes. She's, she's too big a character to be sandwiched in amongst the bloat of the main roster. Yeah, but it'll be inter- it will be uh, fun to see where Johnny ends up. I mean, to be fair, Johnny would fit in well on NXT rather than, uh, rather than on the main rosters, but yeah. th- they've already got a Johnny NXT with uh, Mr. Gagano. Um so are we going to end up with Johnny Smackdown or Johnny Raw? I don't know, but good on the guy. Uh, I think he's a great wrestler. And, yeah, make that money, mate, make that money. Yes, I'm looking forward to wherever he ends up. So this wasn't as formatted as last week's, for those who've listened will know, but we all know that this year, this last half year, has been dominated by the the Wednesday Night Wars. So... <laughs> We spent a bit of time in that, but the, now, the Thursday night fumble for me <laughs> is that is that what your wife calls it? <laughs> she fucking can't stand wrestling. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you she can't stand you. That as well, probably. <laughs> so I'm going to quiz you now on your knowledge of 2020, uh, 2019. But I know that you felt a bit. Um, Umbridged with the fact you've never had a live rendition of the the question. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's fucking quiz time with Clive and Max and Bex. <laughs> a fucking wrestling in twenty nineteen quiz. 
It, it sounds so different at, at normal speed. Oh, that's right. You're a, a one, a three times the speed guy. Yeah. It's like, it's fucking quiz time. Fucking climb, friends. Fucking WWE quiz. <laughs> right. So. That's going to be horrible to listen back to. That's going to be at like nine times the speed. I know. <laughs> you, you've had um, differing success on the quizzes on here. And no pressure. There may have been help with some clues, but your colleague earlier on tonight or last week for the listeners, he scored nine out of ten. Fuck off. No way. <laughs> I won't live this down now. Um, before we start this quiz, then, uh, if anyone's interested in being a, a co-host to a Mount Rushmore podcast, I'm, uh, I'm looking for vacancies. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Right, you ready? Uh, no, but no. go for it anyway. Right, number one. Who did Undisputed Era lose to in a match for the NXT Tag Titles at TakeOver Toronto? Um, Street Profits. Yes, see now that I read it out loud, that doesn't sound that hard, does it? Number two. Who came dead last in the B block of the G129 this year? Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, so I'm. I want to say Goto, I think. No, did he get eight points? Or yeah, I'll commit. I'll go with Hiroki Goto. I'm afraid the correct answer is. Uh, let me see, Toru Toru Yano. Oh wow! I thought he had more because I know he'd be. He beat Moxley, I think. Mm. So, question number three. Of all 20 G129 participants, how many ended the block stage with eight points and it was a high number? Was it 13, 14 or 15? Jesus Christ. Out of... That's... Is it even mathematically possible for 15? I'm going to go 14. No. See, Paul, you are fired from Badlands. <laughs> uh, it was 13. Wow. Right. Number four at uh, AEW Fighter Fest. The Elite beat Pentagon, Phoenix, and. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh my god. I wouldn't even know how to give you a clue for this, except his uh, second name of his wrestling name shares the same surname as someone who has recently debuted on NXT UK. Was it not Laredo Kid? It was. Well done. <sighs> Pluck that out of thin air. <laughs> Number five, what match opened the first ever live on TV episode of NXT on September the 18th? So the first two hour episode of NXT, what was the opening match? Wow. I'm tempted to say Roddy Strong was in it. I'll um, 
stop you before you continue. Uh, there's one too many Y chromosomes in there. <laughs> oh, uh... I, I can picture it as well. Was it Candice versus Bianca Belair versus? Or was it Io Shirai versus? So it was all. It was more than. So it was all of them. Um, I don't one, think it. One more. It weren't Shayna, was it? I'll give you one more clue. She should, she doesn't, but she should have a, a completely broken back. <laughs> that clue does not help me in the slightest. But she does have a broken nose. Oh. I, I can't get it. I don't know. It's uh, Mia Yim. Oh, I love Mia Yim as well. Yeah, that ladder, that ladder shot. Oof. Oh my word, that match was crazy, crazy stuff. You could see like the the, the like paint coating of the ladder stay together whilst the the metal just collapsed. Just a wee bit unnecessary, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Number six. Who squared up? Who squared up to MGF on the first ever episode of Dynamite? Why do I think it was Brandon Cutler? Because that's the correct answer. That's why you think it. Okay, okay, because that was like he—he—he he, he looked like he were injured. He looked like he had like a an ankle injury or something like that, and it mm. ended up being a, a proper piss poor match. What was the first match of uh, sorry of Dynamite ever? Number seven, by the way. Was it? I'm thinking Kip Sabian was in it. Was it Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara? You've got one half of it, right? Hmm. Now, which half, though? <laughs> uh, well, who who would who else would it be? Who's such a mark for themselves? Oh, then it's going to be Cordy. Correct. (laughs) Right, question number eight. What was the shortest match on the first ever episode of this Friday Night Smackdown on Fox TV? Um, I I don't even really remember the whole show. I remember the, the Becky and Rock and Corbin promo. Um, so... I have not got a clue. Could not even hazard a guess. See, asking me main roster questions is just pissing in the wind. Well, this was a very controversial match. The outcome of it was controversial. 
Oh, was it was it when Kofi got like his ass whooped by Brock it in was. like eleven seconds or something like yeah, that? That's wow. correct. That was that was bad booking, weren't it? That was bad. Yeah. I mean, I I understand putting the title back on Brock, but at least make Kofi look a little bit legitimate. That was shitting on six months of an amazing reign. Kofi was a, a shrewd and heart full of a uh, heart full of fight, I don't know. But he was made to look silly the way he yeah. jumped Brock like that. Just I know yeah. I know what happens in UFC but no, sorry. Yeah, he yeah. um he he broke another record, didn't he? Uh, I think it was either today or yesterday. He's, he's been tag team champion for a thousand days, con- uh, like all together. And yeah, he's um he's becoming a better record breaker than Roy Castle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> Abuka. <laughs> right, number nine. <laughs> What month? What month did New Japan announce their US brand expansion? Hmm. I think it was October, end of Octoberish. Correct. Very correct. (laughs) (laughs) And here's one that will it might stump you. Name 10 of the 15 wrestlers involved in the men's Survivor Series match. Right. So we had Seth. Mm-hmm. Roman. Baron. Shorty. So who? Is it Shorty G? I thought you said Shorter, as in... Shota Amina? <laughs> no, <laughs> that would have been interesting. Uh, no, uh, then we had Keith Lee, mm-hmm. Tomasa Champa, uh, Matt Riddle, Randy Orton. That's eight. Uh, Kevin Owens. Damien Priest. You've got ten. That's a memory there. That is. So you got eight out of ten. That's not that bad. It's Consider- still it's still bad enough that, that Paul is is on the door line. <laughs> well <laughs> I'm only joking, I love Paul. He's he's the best. Would it be? Would you be annoyed if I told you that the ten questions I asked him were about manic street preachers? <laughs> I, I did a quiz with him, and he got—I think I, I plucked out the hardest question I could ever think of, and he got like five, four out of five or something like that. Yeah, he, he's a freak for for manic street preachers. <laughs> yes. So eight out of ten, and ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the second part of the two-part retrospective of 2019 in wrestling this year. There's probably some stuff we've missed out and probably things that we didn't touch on as much as you would have wanted to, so please um, hit us up on the comments on Twitter of this page. Tell us what you thought of 2019 as a whole. Was it toxic? Was it shit? Was it exciting? Let us know. That. But before I tell you where you can let us know, Darren, where can we tell us 
adapted. Uh, <laughs> wow, so, he's, do, he's doing a Paul Tallian flapping at the uh, outro. <laughs> uh, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? <laughs> well, I've uh, I've already like, spoke to Paul since he recorded last week's slash earlier on tonight's episode and he told me he flapped on the outro and his comment was actually that he doesn't, he sounds like he doesn't even know what his own podcast is about. Uh, <laughs> whereas I'm getting quite a pro at it, so here goes. I am Mags, you can follow me on Twitter, at DAJ Kirby. I have a, a, a non-wrestling podcast called The Five Rounds, which uh it's about uh, UFC. Um, you can follow that at Five Rounds Pod. I also have a, a podcast called Why We Watch, where I speak to wrestling fans and content creators about why they love this stupid, wacky, men in tarts, farting uh, sh- show that we love. Uh, both of them are on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. And then I've got um, a show that I share with the lovely Paul Toller on uh, the Chairshot Radio Network called Badlands, where we uh, discuss the Mount Rushmore's of wrestling. Uh, and every week we kind of bring a new spin on the Mount Rushmore and a new topic. And we have guests on. And, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And we, we, we're really enjoying it. So, yeah, come and give that a follow at Badlands Pod. And we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Obviously, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, which is on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We've got other shows such as One Nation Radio. I feel as if I'm in a time warp because I have done this already tonight. But <laughs> One Nation Radio, keeping it strong style. Grown men watch this shit. Get in the ring and all things elite. Uh, we're on the Facebook as well in the Wrestling Squared Circle Group. Before I I forget, go to the your podcast app. Oh, this plug's going terribly. <laughs> uh, the ghost of Paul Tully lives. <laughs> I know. The, the homunculi is still in the, the cables of this computer, I think. <laughs> uh, give us a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. Socialsuplex.com has all the columns and podcasts. You can subscribe to that with a touch of the button. They go straight to your email inbox. Powerslam.tv has over 6,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the world, and you can get a free month of that with the promo code um, Social Suplex. Ah. <laughs> I shouldn't have paused because I knew that was going to happen there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, why don't you use Social Suplex for the first month and then use Badlands for the second month and you yeah. get two months free? Just get loads and loads of different email addresses. Easy. Uh-huh. Rip off Powerslam.tv. Yep. But just don't tell them that we sent you. <laughs> the, that's not exactly the, the best of jingles, really, is it? No, it don't kind of wash. And don't forget as well to go to Pro Wrestling Tees and get yourself a social suplex T-shirt. Oh, you're kind, man. Kind, man. Professional. Uh, now, I've got breaking news for you. Oh, here we go. Tumbleweeds. Now, this might not go down too well. Oh. Uh Jim Cornette, Jerry Lawler, and JR walked into a bar. Oh, uh, and it, it was full of Ethiopians and Japanese people, and they all battered the absolute shit out of them. <laughs> Hooray! And that's the best. That's the best joke you've ever told. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you'd like that. So next week. Fingers crossed that Ricky's doing well and we get all parties agreeing on times and stuff. We're going to have the quiz time final. That's going to uh, be a banger. Hopefully. 
two amazing competitors in that. Oh, it's going to be heated. It's going to be heated. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, ladies and gents, thanks for listening. Darren, thank you very much for coming in to help us out tonight. Absolutely. Your co-host, Paul, it's been a, a big, big help. It's a big load off my shoulders, so thank you. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for listening and enjoying a look back 2019. Speak to you next week. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Toodles. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.